Hey, good morning, though. Uh, as the kids are going to head off to Kids Church, if they want to go to Kids Church, Miss Allison is already down there. We'll guide them down that way. Uh, so if they want to exit over this way, we do have Kids Church. And uh, I believe we'll probably be restarting nursery like next week-ish. So look for that announcement. Um, you know, it's just been a challenging season, hasn't it been? Uh, there's those who made it through this. Um, it's a, we're, we're in the book of Hebrews. So I got, you know, insert coffee joke, because, you know, in, in the Bible, it's clear that men make coffee, because Hebrews, it's not Shebrews, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, anyway, you can get some coffee in the back, because you're going to need it today. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, but, but Hebrews, uh, we started last week, and I read this quote, I believe, last week, uh, but it's a great quote. It says, Jesus Christ in the Christian life, he gives are better because these blessings are eternal and they give us a perfect standing before God. And that really looks at, it encapsulates something about the book of Hebrews because it's talking about Jesus is better. He's infinitely better than, than a lot of things uh, that we're going to mention. And, you know, it's interesting because today we're going to dig a little bit more into who Jesus is. Now, if you've grown up in church, you've kind of, you've probably heard the things, but there's also sort of cultural Jesus. And I've shared before, you. I have this little, um, a friend gave it to me. It's a plastic dashboard Jesus. Anyone have one of those too? Someone bought it for me as sort of like they thought I would want it. And part of me wants it because it's Jesus and you're kind of like, okay, it's Jesus. But on the other hand, I'm like, Lord of glory, plastic bobblehead like thing. Uh, and so I don't really know what to do with it. I don't feel like I can get rid of it. I don't feel like I could really display it. So it's actually, it's in a box, and then it was like in this box of stuff I have that I occasionally use for odd sermon illustrations. And then when the kids were little, they would always come up and they'd be like, Dad, can I play with your Jesus? Um, <laughs> which was a weird question to get from your children. Uh, and they would, they would play with Jesus, and he's on a little spring thing, and then they'd put him back in his box. And they're like, I'll put your Jesus back in his box, Dad. Uh, and there's so many sermon illustrations and thoughts with, with that. And, and so I think a lot of times, like, there, there's this sort of, uh, you know, cultural Jesus, the way we look at Jesus, sometimes the way we've sort of captured who we think Jesus is. But after, you know, many surveys and things of people, often we don't really kind of have a real idea of who the real Jesus is. Uh, so please stand up. No, and, and we're going to go, we're going to look today, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about angels. Now, I kept in my notes putting angles, but don't worry, that won't be a protracted problem. Not even in my notes, that's a freebie. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so we're going we're gonna to jump into Hebrews. Now, here's the thing, before we jump into Last week we did one sentence. It's, it's, you know, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. It, probably most of your translations is going to break it down in a couple sentences. In Greek, it's one really good sentence. Now, it's interesting, so kind of side note for those of you who are like Bible nerdy on, on things like Greek and Hebrew. Uh, Hebrew. Hebrews is probably the best written Greek book we have in the New Testament, which is funny. Hebrews is the best Greek. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's just really well constructed. There's lots of alliteration. It's a beautiful thing. So if you like to learn Koine Greek, probably Hebrews will be the last one you learn because it's really good. <laughs> um, and, and so here, when, when we kind of jump out the gate here, Hebrews chapter one, if you read it ahead of time, it's sort of, it's seven Old Testament or Hebrew Bible quotes in like 10 verses. 
like if you look, it's not just regular text in your Bible. It's like all the like it's, things are kind of set to the side, and, and it's kind of like the author. I feel like it's a machine gun approach to us, you know? Like he's just like bup, 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 bup. <laughs> and all kinds of stuffs coming at us, and he's kind of making his point. Now here's the thing: my nature is, and you, some of you know me well, I tend to, when I study. Like, if I read a verse that's quoted in the New Testament or alluded to, I then go back to the Old Testament and read all the context and understand, understand how it was historically understood, you know, in, in ancient times, how it was understood in the intertestamental period between the, the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, and then understand how New Testament writers used it, maybe understand historically how it's been understood by the church. If I did that for each of these verses today, it is a really, 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 really long sermon. So today, I'm, I'm going to try to not get lost in uh, sort of the, the uh, forest because of all the trees. So I'm going to take a step back. There's all these trees. And we're going to look at generally how they function. But so there, you might have some more questions in here. Hit me up. We'll talk. We'll have coffee. There'll be lots of Hebrew or Greek in this case. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, and so the author really kind of, he throws these out, verses out, because he wants to leave no doubt about who Jesus is. And so he's using the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, to describe and explain who Jesus is, because again, this is all a part of God's plan. So he leaves no doubt, no diggity. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, one more cultural joke. Some of you get that. Some of you don't. Some of you were not alive in the 80s. Um, anyway, Hebrews chapter 1. We're, we're going to jump there before we get too far. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus, you are my son, today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. Now, these verses uh, speak to the unique relationship, uh, the unique title, the character of who Jesus is. Jesus is the son. Now, the, the funny thing is, I think when we think son, we sort of think less than. You know, he's not equal to the father, some people. Uh, you know, uh, and my son might think the son is greater than the father. That's another, <laughs> another thing. But, you know, we, we tend to think as, as different. Uh, but Jewish thought on this is a little different, I think, than our thinking when we think of what the son is. Now, John chapter 5, uh, you know, you, you might be familiar with this story. We, we've, we've gone over it before. Uh, so I'll kind of tell the story. We're not going to go in verse by verse here, but it's the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda. And, and so there's a guy, he's, he's, you know, he's been laying there for like 38 years, uh, you know, I believe. And the religious leaders, uh, you know, Jesus comes in and he heals the dude. And Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. Well, the religious people see that and they go, why are you carrying your mat on a Sabbath? And it seemed like Jesus took particular uh, joy in healing people on the Sabbath just to upset religious people. So sometimes Jesus likes to upset religious people. That's point one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, and so you, they're like, who told you to do this? He's like, the guy who healed me. Who is it? He's like, I don't know. He healed me and, you know, and, and ditched. We don't know where he went. <laughs> and so then he finds out it's Jesus. Jesus, you know, and so he kind of like narks back to the religious leaders. It was that guy, Jesus, who told me to do this. And so it says this in chapter five, starting verse 16. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules, which is so funny because, you know, you're, you healed somebody. I think you want to explore that a little more. They're upset that the rule was broken. <laughs> but Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal to God. 
And, and so there, there's these subtle things sometimes. And, and later on in the, in the Gospel of John, um, it says, uh, Jesus said, um, Jesus is like having some interaction with the religious folks again, because that seems to be what Jesus does the most. He's either healing people, being compassionate, or arguing with the religious people. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> maybe that's how I should spend my day. <laughs> but John chapter 10 says this. I've already told you and don't believe me. The, the proof is uh, the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my, my Father has given them to me and he's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my Father's hand. I'm, that's just bonus verses. That just reminds you how awesome that is. And then the Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. So they obviously had a strong reaction to what Jesus was saying, right? Like, you don't, like, say something and you're like, eh, I don't know, whatever. And then, like, well, let's, let's kill him with rocks, you know? Like, like, like you obviously, dis this is a disagreement. <laughs> uh, pretty strong when you want to kill somebody, right? Unless you, like, are, you know, need some psychological help. That's another thing. Kelly can help you find it. <laughs> but it's so a once again, they pick up stones. Jesus said, at my father's direction, I've done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, we're not stoning you for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. And so sometimes I think we miss some of the obvious places where Jesus says he's God because culturally we kind of see things a, a, a little different. Uh, and I've often had people tell me, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Anyone have any friends who say Jesus never said that? Uh, generally, they've probably never read the New Testament. <laughs> because there, there's, there's plenty of instances. I remember when the first time I read through the New Testament, someone's like, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. And I'm like, that's funny. I saw a few places I thought so. I'm new at this Bible reading thing. That I'm, you know, I'm going back. I'm like, no, here, 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 here. <laughs> and, and so, but a lot of times we culturally, plastic Jesus, you know, we, we pick up these ideas like, that we think who Jesus is, but the real Jesus is, is something a little more th than maybe we think. Um, and, 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 we, and, you know, <laughs> they don't want to stone him just because, you know, uh, they want to. It, it's obvious he's making these claims. You know, and last week we talked about this idea, and I know this is hard for some of us, and, you know, you, you don't, this is not a pass-fail for eternity thing, but, but to understand, you know, this idea of the Trinity. Now, the Trinity is not a biblical word. Uh, that's actually Latin. There's no Latin in the Bible. It's Trinitas. Uh, you know, it has nothing to do with the Matrix movie um, and Trinity. Anyway, <laughs> anyone else think of that when they think of Trinity, the Matrix movie? No, just me. Okay. I think the whole movie's interesting. It's like a Christological parable, but that's another story for another time. Ask me over for coffee. We'll have that discussion. But, you know, <laughs> uh, the Trinity, this idea is, is that, you know, and, and we've tried to explain this People throughout history, some people get mad. I found a guy who was like mad that we try to use analogies to explain it. And I'm like, well, we have to use analogies because it's so unlike things we do. And so throughout history, it's like a shamrock. There's three leaves, it's one thing. You know, or, or an egg. It's a, it's a shell, a white, and a yolk. Uh, I always like, my favorite is what? The, the three-in-one body wash. <laughs> um, it, you know, because it's, you know, they're all, it's three things, but it's one. There's unity. It's not perfect. I, I also like the triple point of matter because, you know, like water can exist as a solid liquid, a gas at the right temperature and pressure. Like that's kind of cool stuff to me. Uh, and so it's three, but it's one. It's with different expressions, but it's the same. And so there's this unity. Now, most of us struggle with that, but it's not like one-third, one-third, one plus one-third equals one God that they're each a third of it, but they're all God, but they're one, but they're different roles. And so 
I am not going to try to explain all of that. I will mention it because eventually someone will knock at your door and want to tell you all about that stuff in a way that's different than, than the Bible would say. They'll use their own translation of the Bible uh, because you can't trust any translation but their translation, which is usually a good sign uh, <laughs> if, if, that there's something wrong. If there's only one translation that's perfect, because I'll tell you it's not, and I could point out reasons why. Um, anyway, that, that's a... <laughs> that'll get so long. Anyway. When he brought his supreme son of the world, God said, let all God's angels worship him. And, and so these verses kind of they speak to Jesus' identity. He's worthy of worship. And in the Bible, if someone worships someone who's they're not supposed to be worshipped, there's a correction. There's, hey, no, I'm just an angel like you. I am just I'm a servant, not an angel like you, because you're not. But, you know, like angels show up, and they, people want to worship because they're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and so there's this reaction of, oh, falling down. They're like, no, 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 I'm not God. And so if Jesus doesn't correct people in worship, that tells us something about, you know, who he himself to be. Now, a uh, story I love to tell, and we told this, I remember the beginning of the pandemic, I, I think we shared this story, because it's a great, it's a great story. It's one you, like, learned in Sunday school, probably, if you went to church in Sunday school and stuff. But, you know, Jesus, you know, he's teaching, the disciples go ahead, and then, like, 3 a.m., Jesus is like, hey, it's kind of stormy, I think I'll just walk across the lake. Because we often do that, right? Like, you're just like, I'm, I'm, running, I'm running late. Let's just cruise across the lake. No, because he's God, and he has master over everything. And so he's like, it's kind of a funny story if you think about it, because, you know, Jesus is like walking across the water. Like, I wonder if he's like going to just, you know, he's going to kind of pass by, but then they see him, and they're like, they're like, is that a ghost? You know, because <laughs> like people don't normally walk on water. I didn't know if you knew that. Um, anyone ever here ever walk on water? I mean, not in like a shallow puddle, but actual water. You know, I've tried. You know, it does not work for me. <laughs> and, and so, and Peter comes out, and he like tries. To, he, he does. He's doing okay. He's walking with Jesus, and then he like gets his eyes off and sinks. And we have all kinds of sermons. I'll tell you all kinds of other times about that. But there's a line in here you might miss. And so he grabs Peter. Immediately reached out, and grabbed him, and says, "You have little faith. Why did you doubt me?" And when they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. You know, it's easy to kind of miss that one line, but it's important because Jesus is different than other guys. He, he's worthy of worship. And Matthew 2.11, you know, talked about the, 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 uh, the magi, the, you know, the wise men. They, they, they enter the house and they saw the child, Jesus, and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped who? Him. They worshipped this little baby. Yeah, and, and so and they, you know, they opened the treasure, they gave him gifts. Uh, Matthew 28, 9, when they went, uh, and Jesus met them and greeted them. They ran to him. This is the women of the tomb. They grasped his feet and worshipped him. And so you, you can read the Bible and kind of miss these, these instances. And, 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 and Jesus, you know, he is worthy of worship. Uh, again, people will deny this. They'll come knock at your door. <laughs> but they're, they're wrong. They're sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. Uh, and so, starting in verse 7. Regarding the angels, he says, he sends his angels like the winds, his servants like flames of fire. But the Son, he says, your, to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You, you rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on, more, uh, on you more than anyone else. Uh, and these verses speak to Jesus' divine authority, his kingship. Now, who here is from the United States? Probably most of us. Uh, well, <laughs> but 
we don't like kings, do we? You know, there's this whole thing happened July 4th. There's a tea party involved and stuff on a boat. It It was a cruise ship sort of experience, I think. You can read the history books. You've probably heard the stories. We don't like kings. And the truth is, a lot of us, you know, don't even like the kingship of Jesus in our lives because there's areas, I know I'm meddling now, that we kind of want to kick him out of. But, But Jesus, ultimately, he has authority. And so the angels aren't above Jesus. They're like below him because he is king over everything. And last week, we talked about the prophets were Jesus's opening act, if you will. You know, they weren't the main show. You go to a concert, what do you see? You see the opening act, but you're not like, most of us don't see the opening act and leave unless you just like some little small band, which happens sometimes. So you're like, I just love the opening act. I don't like the main show. But, but you know, you go to the opening act because you're looking forward to the main show. Jesus is the main show. Now, the angels are more like the roadies. Now, I, I know that conjures up crazy. Some of you have traveled a lot and you've probably had some crazy looking roadies. Some of you, maybe your own roadie too. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I'm not saying he looks like some of your roadies, maybe, but, you know, angels are like the road crew. They work for him. You know, they, have, they have jobs to do. Uh, the ministry of Jesus, you know, is really, it's marked by this idea of authority. You know, uh, you know at, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which we did a whole series on, it says that when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. So you guys did learn something from the Sermon on the Mount series. <laughs> thought I'd wasted my time. No, <laughs> quite unlike their teachers of law, because he taught with authority, and it was recognized. And, and so, you know, the author of Hebrews is pointing out, hey, this Jesus, he's got authority, not just in the way he teaches, but in spiritual things, he is above all. Um, verse 10, he also says to the Son, in the beginning, Lord, you laid bare the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same, and you will live forever. And God never said to the angels, sit here, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Uh, And these verses really speak to this, this eternal reign of Jesus. He created everything. He sustains the world. He rules over all forever. Now, verse 12, I like, it says, you will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. Now, dudes, can I speak to you? Anyone have, like, an old t-shirt? Like, it seems like especially guys. Like, that probably ought to be thrown out. That when you weren't looking, your wife tried to throw out and you found again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we, we always, I have one that, like, I was going to wear it today to make a point, And I was like, ah, really, that's inappropriate. Like, <laughs> And it's not that it's a t-shirt, because you know I wear a t-shirt. I, 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 I got to find another series where I could just wear t-shirts. I remember the summer theology we did, and I got to wear a different t-shirt. I don't like t-shirts. I am a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy. This is as fancy as I get. <laughs> and some of you are like, that's not fancy at all. Well, <laughs> welcome to deep water. Uh, <laughs> y'all can be fancy as you want. I'm like a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. Um, but you know, most of us have an old shirt that kind of you know, it, it, it served its purpose, it should be thrown out. Or, or maybe it's like old pants, you know, because there's something about comfortable jeans, you know what I mean, like the ones you have forever, they, they're like, they really ought to be retired. Maybe they're like the old acid wash prints from the 80s and you needed to get rid of them. I saw, I saw a girl walking around with like, they swear they're like Jenko jeans are coming back. Anyone see this trend? Like, 
I know, some of us are like, Janko, oh my gosh, not again. Some of you are like, yes, I love those, I still have them. They're actually, they still make them, I think. But I saw, you know, like baggy kind of pants, you know, maybe you're getting the old baggy ones still. They're, they're back in, though. That's, if, if, you, you save, if you save something long enough, it'll come back in. Um, just say, my wife still wears stuff from high school, and she's like, oh, where'd you get that uh, sweater? 1986. <laughs> if you have a time machine, you too can get one. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like an old shirt, it, it should be thrown out. Eventually, this world gets chucked. You know, eventually, Jesus is like, we're done with this one. He creates a new heavens and a new earth. So don't worry, we'll have a place to go. <laughs> we're, we're made for this eternal home, but it, it's kind of like a sandcastle to beach. Anyone make the sandcastle to beach? I love making a sandcastle beach. Like, I, I don't know if I could live too far away from the ocean at any time, uh, you know, because there's just something, even I, I've only gotten to go like once to the beach this summer. I know it's terrible, isn't it? But it's close by, and I could go if I really was pressed. But, you know, I, I love going, I love building a sandcastle. You guys like to build sandcastles? And I'm a dude, so I, I think most dudes like to dig a hole. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know why. I just dig a giant hole till I hit water, and then I just sit there and scoop more out to have a big hole. Like, it's, it's like a dude thing. Like, do, do girls like to dig a big hole? Is it, it's, I think it's just mainly a guy thing. You know, it's probably not even safe, but, you know, I like to dig. But, yeah, and you, you get it when you're done. Make sure you keep your head above because that's a whole other danger. But I, I love digging a big hole. But at the end of the day, what do you do with your hole? You fill it back in. What, what do you do with your, your sandcastle? You, like, if anyone had touched your sandcastle all day, you'd be mad. Like, your sister touches your, your brother touches your sandcastle, you're mad, right? End of the day, what do we all do? Yeah, most of us just stomp on it, you know, because if you don't, someone else is going to. And that's sort of, Jesus is eventually going to stomp on the sandcastle. Uh, eventually, we're done with this, this earth, new heavens, new earth. It speaks to this, his authority, his power. It says, as the ruler says, therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people, who will inherit salvation. They're servants. So angels are powerful. If you read the Bible, um, you know, it was tough because like looking at ways to approach this passage, again, it was like forest trees, forest trees kind of thing. And uh, like I could go through every instance of an angel showing up in the Bible and talk about it. But again, that would be a really long sermon. <laughs> but, but you know, there's some cool things that go on, right? Like uh, 2 Kings 19, 185,000 soldiers are killed by one angel. I'm not saying he's powerful, but I'm saying that's pretty powerful, right? Like, and he's just the servant. And there's lots of angels underneath Jesus. And if you, if you read the Bible, you see that, uh, you know, two-thirds of the angels stayed with God. One-third rebelled, went with Satan. And Satan actually, the, the, it's not actually, we call him Satan like, a, like it's his proper name, like Steve, or, uh, you know, or something. But Satan means adversary. So he's God's adversary. They were created with free will. They, they, could, they could rebel. But two-thirds stayed with, with God. One-third rebelled. And, and so there's this reality. There are evil forces out there. But then there's, there's angels. And we see, like, they, they seem to serve God's purposes. And again, there's all kinds of things in the Bible. But even, you know, anyone here ever have... A near-death experience that you're like oh my gosh how did I live you know maybe you did maybe you did I don't know maybe I'm gonna make you share it right now if you come forward and no, I'm kidding <laughs> a lot of times we don't want to or maybe we'll share it over coffee later but but you know God's angels do things to protect us you know and uh, you know I <laughs> 
I swear, I must have angels working on overtime. I, I, I think I have one who just, like, sits on the front of my car and pushes other cars away. Because, like, this week even, like, I'm driving, and, like, <laughs> State Street, I, I mean, that's enough for most people. It's like, it's like, how can we make this the worst road possible? Let's make ends where the traffic, you know, merges in in different ways, and it's, you know, I, I was heading, you know, south, I guess, on State Street. I don't know which direction it goes. I'm directionally impaired right now, but I was, I was heading, like, back towards the, the house, and, like, there's that extra lane that then ends, and this brand new Porsche um, almost bought itself an old Honda Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I thank God that I don't, I mean, I'm honking, the guy's still coming, I'm like, I'm trying to back up, I'm like, trying to back off, like, you, dude, you can get in front of me, I just really don't get an accident. But then I was like, it was a nice Porsche, so maybe the accident would have been good for me financially, I don't know. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been good. But sometimes you feel like, I don't know, if that guy had angels, and I had angels, they were like pushing each other off. <laughs> but you know, there, there's, and that's just a minor thing. But how many times have, have there's been major things that you may not even be aware of, of which you may not be aware, I don't want to insist before this issue, but that, that you, of which you may not be aware, that, that God used angels to save you, to, 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 to keep you, to serve you. And so there are all these angels. Now, angels are a lot of things, uh, but they're not a lot of things that culture, our culture kind of paints them to be, right? Like, it was funny. I was, I was Googling angels. I was trying to see, like, what our culture does with them. Um, you pretty much just get a baseball team. I don't know if it's this time of year or other things I've Googled. All I could get was the Angels. Anyone here an Angels fan? Anyone a Biblical Angels fan? I just want to make sure you're listening. Make sure we're still shit, you know, raising hands and stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, but here's the thing. I went on Amazon then because I can. <laughs> There's countless books and merchandise uh, on Amazon. Like, I mean, it's, it's crazy how much stuff you can buy. And, you know, there's, like, Christmas tree ornaments and stuff and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, all kinds, of, uh, all kinds of things they have. And, um, you know, there's, there's merchandise, like, and there's weird stuff, like, you know, you're riding a motorcycle, there's an angel on the back helping you, I don't know. Like, there's, like, things, you know, babies on slide. All, there's, all, there's, like, little carved statues. Those were, like, remember the willow tree kind of angels thing? Those were popular for a while. Uh, you know, and, and, and like, in art, there's always, like, chubby uh, baby angels, like, you know, kind of, yeah, but they, they kind of look like something you throw a pokeball at, you know, <laughs> um, some of you get that, some of you don't, um, you know, and I picture, like, in films, like, Clarence, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, and, and then, like, look, uh, I'm handing out wings, and he's, like, ringing the bells, because every time a bell rings, and he, not real biblical, uh, but I'm just saying, but, you know, it, it's, uh, and it's kind of funny, because it's like a bumbling angel, I'm like, every angel I've seen, in the Bible, is like powerful. Clarence is like, but (laughs) not so powerful. But it was a cool movie. You should see It's a Wonderful Life. Anyone like It's a Wonderful Life? Anyone not like It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, good, because I was going to have to chastise you, because that's a great movie. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, (laughs) you know, it was interesting. Uh, 72% of people uh, took it, this is like 2016. It's hard to find like accurate modern stats. 72% of people believe there's angels. but then it's like you find crazy stuff, like how to unlock their power, learn the name of your guardian angel. I, I think you, you, could find, and you, could, you could find weird stuff on the internet. Some of you know, because that's how you found us. Um, <laughs> joke. <laughs> 55% of Americans say they've been helped by a guardian angel. I don't know. Um, and one of my least favorite things is, and this happens, every, I, unfortunately, I know a lot of people, um, you know, it, it's so, 
I know a lot of people who die. <laughs> and generally, like I go on the, like, the you know, the, either the, a Facebook post or you go onto the obituary and you're reading the comments and everything. Uh, it's, it, it, there's always like heaven gained another angel. I hate that because it's not accurate, but it's also not the time to tell them right then. I'm just going to say there, there's a time to share truth with people and a time to share truth with people and it, it's not that you know it's a bad thought because the sentiment is you know you know hopefully that they're with christ but we don't become angels we're something different i think something better but that's that's another sermon for another time uh <laughs> anyway uh and so when we actually see angels though we, we see them in the new testament i want to hit a couple things here um peter uh he was this disciple of Jesus, kind of the bumbling guy. You know, we talk about him once in a while. The night before he was supposed to be traced on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between sol two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. We're in Acts chapter 12. And it says, suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to wake him up. Like, you know, it's kind of funny because that's how sound asleep he was. That's jet I, I, I'm either like awoken by the smallest thing or like death would not wake me. I get up sometimes, I have a bunch of phone calls from 3 o'clock in the morning. You will either get me wide awake, hello, or you will have to kick me like an angel to get me up. <laughs> uh, some of you know what I mean. Uh, and the chains fell off his wrist, and then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did, he put on your coat, now follow me, and the angel ordered. So Peter left himself following the angel, but all this time he thought it was a vision. It's kind of funny, it's like he's just thinking, oh, God's showing me something. Uh, this is, this is, there's some funny things in the Bible, you have to picture this. Uh, he didn't realize actually they passed first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city it's open for him all by itself so he passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left him so peter's like suddenly like standing in the middle of the street that's a cool angel experience right i just wondered like that shock of like wait nope that, that wasn't a vision like man i should have put on my sandals uh <laughs> or maybe he did put on his sandals. yeah he said he put on his coat didn't say sandals anyway um paul experienced uh you know, angelic visitation during a storm at sea. Now, if you remember the story, we talked about this. Paul's like, it's like, you know, horrible storm. The, sh the ship's about to wreck and everything. And, it said, and it's, Paul says this, for last night, an angel, uh, an angel of, the, uh, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted you safety to everyone sailing with you. So Paul gets a guardian angel saying, hey, you know, here, here's the message. We're going to protect you. Now, it still goes through some hard things. They're like shipwrecked and had to get there and get to swim to the island, all kinds of stuff, and float on debris and everything. But, but you know, but angels stepped in. And, and, and again, whose bidding do they do? God's. You know, Jesus directs uh, them. Uh, and so what's the danger uh, uh, over, uh, over appreciation or obsession with angels? Anyone, anyone you know obsessed with angels? Like to have them all over their house or, you know... <laughs> There's a couple, so I didn't want to mention anything because one of them is here today. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> this whole sermon is just for you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. If it really does apply to you, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there, there's some weird stuff out there online. I'm just saying, you don't have to search real hard to find the weird stuff online. If you do, that's awesome. But, or maybe you just don't have discernment because it's there. Uh, but here, 2 Corinthians 11:14 says, uh, But I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so even with angel experiences, remember, Satan, fallen angel, we have to sort of take it with a grain of salt because there's sometimes people describe angel experiences which 
go against the rest of Scripture. If, you know, the Scripture's given you a new book, and it's by an angel that contradicts the rest of the New Testament and the Hebrew Bible, probably not a good book. <laughs> and there's all kinds of things there. And so <laughs> we have to evaluate those experiences. And so what's the big deal with angels? You know, why does the author concern them with so much? Because this is a whole chapter of angels. Some of you have never thought of angels that much before, right? Like maybe you remember the show Touched by an Angel? Or, you know, and there was like, there's like, there's like a, I think there was a sequel to the Da Vinci Code. Like, wasn't there like angels and demons? And <laughs> those of us who actually know history, like look at things like the Da Vinci Code. And we're like, oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. And I'm probably never going to tell it to you. So, you know, well. Call me, we'll get coffee if you got a problem. <laughs> uh, so what's the big deal with angels? Why does all the good serve? I, I've never felt the inclination to worship them, which is one of the reasons some people think this section was written. But I, th I think that kind of misses the point. Not sure that's what's going on. But um, I want to read what a commentator said. Uh, Even when compared to beings as high as angels, the sun is in an infinitely higher status. He is the point of reference by which all others must be evaluated. Now, some of you remember Michael Jordan. Who here remembers Michael Jordan, the glory days? Okay. Who here is more of a LeBron? Yeah. It's like we, we argue, oh, and no one wants to say it. You're thinking it, you're, but you saw the other people raise their hand. You don't want to start a fight at church, right? <laughs> you know, we argue over who, like, the greatest of all time is, right? Or, you know, we could go into football because we're approaching football season. And who's the greatest of all time quarterback? Montana. Montana? Do I hear anything else? <laughs> we can argue, right? That the goat is the greatest of all time, for those of you who don't get it. We're not actually talking about a goat, although that would be cool. I'd like to have a goat. Um, <laughs> some people begrudgingly uh, going. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you who the greatest of all time that is. But here's the thing: Jesus is the goat. He is the greatest of all time. Now he may not play football. He may not play, uh, you know, uh, basketball. He might not drive NASCAR, whatever your thing is. <laughs> but, but he's the greatest of all time. And see, since he is the goat. Uh, the law no longer has control of us. And, and this is the point he's going to make next week. Uh, we'll, we'll see it. But it's also Acts 7, 53. says, you deliberately disobey God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. And we'll see a similar statement next week. And the idea is, you know, there's this temptation to go back to things like the law because it feels comfortable. There, there's a temptation. And I've told you, it's crazy to me how many people I've talked to that like to go back to some things that are not biblical but it's like they kind of grew up with it if you will and and and, and there's like ceremonies and things that, and you go back to the, the 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 law in the old testament there's like sacrifices and there's all kinds of festivals and feasts and i have friends who like try to reincorporate some of them and not all of it's bad but you know it's easy to take all that stuff and want to go back to the old thing but jesus is the new thing Jesus is the greater thing. And so we don't have to sacrifice a temple because Jesus did that. He is the sacrifice. We don't have to hold all these festivals and things because Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And so, you know, 
you, we, they, the Hebrew people, they get the, they get the law, you know, is, is it, they, they thought it was mediated by angels. Hey, the angels ain't nothing compared to Jesus. You can quote me on that one. <laughs> and so, you know, Jesus is the goat. He's greater. He's better. Uh, and, and so, now, that's easy. We all say amen, right? Amen. <laughs> Jeff, yeah, Jeff, that's truth. Here's the thing. You know, what do we put above the clear teaching of Jesus, though. Um, if you're not a believer, wouldn't expect you to put the teachings of Jesus first. But if you're a believer, how often do we subtly, do we slightly, do we, when no one can see, <laughs> put the teachings of Jesus into a second place category? I know that's, I shouldn't do that, but read the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's, you know, I love the Sermon on the Mount because it's convicting, because there's things that we know we should do, ways we know we should live, that we often kind of, eh, eh, and, and we're really kind of, we're doing the, the same thing. Um, now, has anyone ever seen a solar eclipse? Did you use the little box, or are you blind now? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, solar eclipses are interesting. I don't know if you knew this. But um, the sun measures 1.4 million kilometers across. And most of you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure you do. The moon is a mere 3,474 kilometers across. I didn't go up there and measure it, but that's kind of their, their estimate. In other words, the sun is roughly 400 times larger than the moon, but the sun also happens to be 400 times further away than the moon. And so there's kind of this weird coincidence where, you know, the moon is tiny compared to the sun, but it kind of works out that it blocks it. And so periodically we have this solar eclipse and we kind of go, oh, that's cool. And we don't look at it because we don't want to go blind. So don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. The lesser things can block out the greater thing. And if we're not careful in our lives, we often let the lesser things block out the greater thing. You know, our career, important but it's lesser than Jesus, but we often let it block out. Entertainment or pleasure, even religion. People like to get, like, religious like to get their church on. I like to get my church on, but <laughs> is getting my church on detracting me from my worship of Jesus? Um, anything can eclipse Jesus in our lives if we're not careful. He is the goat. He is the greater thing. And so Hebrews paints this powerful picture of who Jesus is. And, and, I, and I know we may not get every aspect of it. it. Some parts might speak to you more than others. But, you know, is the, same, is the Hebrews one Jesus the same Jesus you have? The same Jesus you believe in? Or do we go back to the pop culture Jesus? Do we have dashboard Jesus, like my plastic Jesus in a box? Uh, is it a Jesus of our own design? You know, like Thomas Jefferson famously, like, cut out things he didn't like in the Bible. So he gets, you know, anyone ever do that? Probably not with scissors, but we kind of, we cut it out in our minds. Like that part, eh, that doesn't really apply. <laughs> oh, I like this part. I like this, this, this part of Jesus. Ah, uh, that part, not so much. We'll skip over to the next thing. We'll just, we'll just highlight the parts we like. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. It can be uncomfortable at times, but the more you learn about Jesus, the bigger you'll see that he is. And when you do that, the more you learn about Christ, the more you'll be drawn to him, 
the, the more you'll live and, and be like him. And, and Jesus is better, greater, infinitely more, infinitely better. He's the foundation of our faith. And she's like, a faith that isn't centered on Jesus really isn't a Christian faith. I told you some stories last week about that. You know, we have a Savior, and so we respond with repentance and worship with how we live. 